Welcome to International Podcast Month, or IPM. IPM 2020 is brought to you by the organizational team, Anne, Cole, Tess, and Theron. A very special thank you to all of our participants, without whom this event wouldn't be possible. And now, on to the episode. Greetings, listeners. I'm Waffles, and I'll be your GM for this IPM episode of Delver by Nora Blake and Natalie the Knife, uh, with art by Sasha Renault. We'll go around the table and introduce our players, their projects, and their characters. Hello, everyone. I am Landon. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me over on my normal podcast, Shadows of St. Fleur, where I am the MC and editor. And you can find us on Twitter at St. Fleur Pod. In this game of Delver, I will be playing Cedric DuPont, who is a warden. Um, his gift is shelter, which is your arms are a haven. When you block, you can take hits for other characters as if they had targeted you. His raiments are leathers and furs, and his goal is to seal away something that should not exist. Hi, I'm Max. Uh, you can hear me over on Legends of Chell, uh, which can be found online uh, at the Orc Zone on Twitter. Make sure you put the in there. We have some trouble sometimes with someone who's just orc zone. No, the not not trouble with them, but people getting the Twitter handle wrong. Anyways, <laughs> uh, in this game, I will be playing uh, Jaclyn. They are an officer. Their gift is historian, which means uh, I may always add a detail whenever someone describes the memories of an item. Their arraignment is a maiden's dress, and their goal is to get revenge on someone who hurt them. Hello, uh, I'm Seb. Uh, I'm the DM and editor at Down to Luck Podcast. Uh, check that out uh, at Down to Luck Cast on Twitter. Uh, I go by he, him pronouns, and I will be playing Dilbert Lander. Dil. For short, he is a strider. His gift is hope, and his raiments are soft eyes. His goal is to seek out knowledge long lost. Can we talk about a little bit more about raiments? Because I, I'm into having a bit more detail about. Yeah, sure. I mean, I imagine Cedric has just been kind of like a bit of a burly dude, average height. His furs are probably more like stuff that you get very stereotypically from trapping. So I'm thinking probably like raccoon furs and stuff. Um, and yeah, he just looks kind of tired. Like he's been through this before, even though he really hasn't. He just has that air of I've been through this before. Does he have a raccoon uh, hat? Like, you know, those pioneer hat? <laughs> raccoon hat. I'm going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Raccoon hat. He named it. I don't know what he's named the hat yet, but Sweet. he's definitely named the hat. Hmm. Maybe he forgot the name. <laughs> Let's see. For Maiden's Dress, the descriptions they give are clothes, ornate, ancient. So I'm imagining something that's um, that looks very expensive, but also uh, several decades, maybe a century out of fashion or out of style. Uh, probably not the most practical thing to go adventuring in, but it's sort of what um, what they want to wear. It's mm. what um, kind of gives them strength, uh, I guess, through, you know, presenting femme like they yeah. want to. Nice. 
Uh, yeah, Dill is like, I picture a, like a denim uh, coveralls, but like with cutoff, cutoff shorts would be, uh, quite short, probably. Uh, he's a pretty big guy, and I think he wears like a straw hat most of the time, probably has like a piece of straw sticking out of his mouth, and a plaid shirt, but with also cutoff sleeves, there's like a cutoff theme going on, and uh, just like... At the end of his legs, there's boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm no feet, just boots. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I was <laughs> at the end of the legs, also known uh, as feet. <laughs> I mean, who knows? He never takes them off, so <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I've <laughs> never seen him without boots. They just stick out the dun, end dun, of his dun. bed. <sighs> All right. <sighs> And we are delving into a dungeon today to restore the memory of who? Did, who did we say? Like our our community, like elder uh, who has our whole oral history. Religious leader, historian, person. I had the name, the word witch in mind, but like in a good way. Nice. Your oral history has been whisked away into this dungeon, and you are heading out to recover it. But you all have personal goals. Why don't we go through those real quick? Uh, the I think the full description for... I'm trying to find it now. For um, my character's background is... A member of nobility cast aside. And so the way that I sort of tie that into the goal was thinking that... Um, Jake Lynn wanted to uh, sort of end the the class stratification um, between the nobility and the common people, and they were gonna, you know, try to make try to try to make a better society where everyone was equal. And they were planning this this revolution with uh, one of their friends. And when they went to sort of the meeting place that had been decided on, uh, they were instead ambushed and exiled. <laughs> Uh, from their home um, because it seems that their friend turned on them uh, and turned them in and so that's the that's the revenge that I am looking to get nice mm-hmm. uh, I my goal is or Dill's goal is seek out knowledge long lost uh as their expanded background is a nomadic scholar full of knowledge I think this is uh, taken loosely, I would say. Um, but I think that there was a problem with farming. Uh, just the soil over time seemed to be getting less and less fertile. And things were growing less and less well to a point where it wasn't sustainable anymore. So then Dill became a nomad and saw it, uh, traveled around, is traveling around, I guess, currently. Searching for how, where how to make a, a fertile, how to make a grow, how to do a how grow. to do a grow. <laughs> All right. Um, so one of Cedric's items is a locket with a faded portrait, and I think this faded portrait is um, his lover who has long since passed. Um. And he keeps seeing glimpses of him 
um, like in the world, and he's trying to seal away whatever existence it is that's using his lover's face. Because I gotta go deep, you know, yeah. deep cuts. <laughs> <laughs> Things I can use. <laughs> so in the middle of a foggy swamp across a bridge made of broken old trees uh, piled high like a massive beaver dam lies the entrance to the dungeon a stark stone room with a well and now uh, everyone gets to go around the table. Um, I am going to say that what draws us to it is uh, a song that we we can almost but not quite remember. Coming from the well, of course. Um, yeah, I think that uh, the only thing in the room is the well. So the way to escape it is probably to go down it. So it smells, ooh, it smells like the first storm of summer um, when it's like coming in over the fields and you get like the pollen from like the corn and the soybeans and all of that getting kicked up by that first heavy rain. Well, before I forget, I should say I I am walking in with my, uh, is it a rapier? My rapier drawn. Oh, yes, I have a spear and shield. Ah, uh, yes, my little buckler shield. <laughs> Dill has a quarterstaff. Oh, and uh, before I forget, as we head into the dungeon, we definitely need to cast stuff aside. Hmm. Just to re-up uh, on that to make sure we're still on the same page. So I am closing my eyes to children in this dungeon. Children don't go in the dungeon. There aren't ghost children here or... Anything like that. Children will not be featured in this film. I am closing my eyes to eye horror. Things don't go into eyes that don't belong there. Uh, I am closing my eyes to things literally getting under people's skin. I don't think I have anything else. I'm just closing my eyes and... Uh, so our danger... Uh sitting upon the edge of the well is a hunched figure with their back to you. They turn slightly, revealing a face that Cedric could swear they know for a second before disappearing down the well. Oh. No. Hmm. Hmm. No. Well, um, um, you both see Cedric's face like kind of fall for a moment. Um, a friend of yours, I take it. I don't think that would be a friend. Mm, whatever it was was very unsettling. Oh, well, we must continue regardless. We have our mission. So it seems. Yes, nowhere to go but down, and. Uh, they, they will take a swig from their flask, because I have a flask in my inventory, so I feel like I should use it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to peer down the hole. Yeah, it's a long, dark hole that you cannot see the bottom mm. of. Mossy stone bricks all the way down. 
Could be a tough climb. Shall we descend? Yeah. As you said, nowhere to go but down. All right. So. Sounds like we are scouting whatever's down at the bottom of this mm-hmm. hole. Mm-hmm. Who first hits the bottom? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't think it's Jaclyn, just because they are a little hesitant to potentially get their dress wet. They still have a little bit of that kind of uh, aristocratic uh, <laughs> sensibility left in them. <laughs> Hasn't quite been kicked out of them yet. Yeah, yeah. I think Dill might have taken the lead climbing down. He slung his staff over his shoulder and started carefully climbing down the hole. All right. Everyone mark stamina and tell me, give me one of these, these uh, questions. What do you first notice when you hit the bottom? So I think when we get to the bottom, it's probably like a short drop to the actual floor from the ceiling, but like not enough to be too dangerous. And this room is um, full of bird cages, like... um, of like all kinds of different bird cages, uh, different sizes. Some are like silver. Some are made of like wood. All of them are empty, and their doors are open. Um, I think, uh, as far as a means of escape, I think there's two two doors: one going to the left, and one going to the right. Uh, sort of diagonal from where we land. Um. And we're drawn to it because even though all of the bird cages are empty, we can still hear the chatter of birds echoing throughout the room. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. This is this is gonna be fine. This is gonna be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. You you don't have to keep saying it. <laughs> right. As if to punctuate the "It'll be fine." There's a large cat-like growl, the squawking of birds unseen, and then silence. Oh, what was that? Okay, maybe it won't be fine. I'll take my quarterstaff off my back and prepare and sort of cast my eyes around the room to see if there's anything where this sound is coming from. I think we get a nice, like, camera pan of you scanning the room and the camera slowly tilts upwards to look over your shoulder and uh, a shimmering cat-like object is moving about the beams above you that hold this old stone passageway together hmm no I don't I don't see anything it's it's probably probably safe <sighs> just our ears I'm sure so wait, I'm sorry, I'm confused. Are we ignoring the cat thing that was just described? <laughs> I do. I don't think we actually uh, know yeah, that I, the cat it was thing is there. As being oh, oh me, so. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up in the rafters. If one of you wants to, uh, like, engage the cat thing, or it hasn't made a move yet, 
but but I have presented a threat, so it will either follow you and to further rooms if you just move on, or I don't. How how would you like to deal narratively with the threat presented? Uh, uh, Jaqueline looks around and sees this creature and sort of points at it nonchalantly and says, "Cat." <laughs> oh. Uh. Drawing everyone else's <laughs> attention to the situation. Yeah. So it's cat, regular cat-sized in shape, but like seems to blend in with the background. And as you pointed out, it shimmers a couple different colors before beginning to pop and stretch and grow larger and larger still. Oh... Maybe not uh, a cat. The beam uh, it's standing on creaks and cracks under its sudden increase in weight. What do you do? Nice kitty. Nice kitty. That's it. Easy. Easy. Um, can I? My gift is hope, and which is you have an air of kindness about you. If there's any question of whether you're or not you can convince someone to back down cool off or work with you you can if you spend focus equal to their might um i would like to try to spend focus equal to their might can i do that i will go ahead and tell you that it isn't possible in this situation for you face a monster monsters are like people but they do not think and they do not feel feel and they do not fear death They live in the dungeon only as memories of violence. Uh, Monsters can be tricked or circumvented, but they cannot be reasoned with. I don't don't think it's really a cat. Uh, Well, I think our options are battle or book it. So it's it's not immediately attacking us, though, still. It looks like it's getting ready to pounce. I would say battle, then. Don't want it to follow us elsewhere. Battle time. But go ahead and everyone figure out what you would like to do with this first round. The weird shimmer cat lunges. I think Dill is mostly on the defensive at this point. Um, We'll prepare a counterattack if he gets attacked by something. It. Probably. Most likely. Um, Which I think I can do with my quarterstaff. If I dodge, I can make an attack. Parry, yeah, has the parry tag. Uh, Cedric plans to attack um, his spear leveled towards this creature that is about to lunge, um, ready to hopefully catch it in midair with his attack. Uh, I, I'm just, I am simply going to dodge this first attack and try to gauge what this thing's capable of. So this creature will dive into you. So as this shimmering cat pounces through, uh, it slashes at both Cedric and Dilbert and lands atop Jaclyn. Uh-oh. <laughs> doing one attack to both Cedric and Dilbert and then three uh, to Jaclyn. So Now, do my two... Dodges yeah. account for two of those. Yeah, your two dodge. So okay. your two dodges successfully get the two. But as uh, it slams you uh, into the floor, uh, digging big sharp teeth in before you finally subdue it. So you take two wounds. 
And how many times did it attack me? Just once or? Yeah. Okay. So my dodge would cover that and then it would deal four damage. And it is out of combat. Okay. It dissolves into a wisp of memory and the sound of songbirds once again fill the room. Mm. Oh, okay. Well, that wasn't so bad. Uh, oh, are you all right? Uh, yeah, just uh, uh, just took a little nibble. Aye. Nothing, uh, nothing a little rest won't fix, I'm sure. Well, it seems safe enough in here for now if you wish to sit for a moment. Uh, I don't think it's that bad. I think that uh, I can carry on a little longer before I need to sit down. Hmm. Any thoughts on the matter? I imagine regardless of what way we go, we'll get where we're going eventually, hmm. so... That's an interesting no. perspective. Let's go left. I Yeah, I always choose left when presented with the option. Oh, good. Is anyone scouting? Uh, hmm. Um, I will go ahead and scout. Nobody else has happened to it. As Cedric moves forward into the next room to the left, he's had has a shield pulled up close to him, kind of looking over it, trying to be a little surreptitious, but as a, a little bit of a large man to be doing that. What is interesting about this next room is that the um, room itself has furniture, like chairs and tables and dressers what have you that all seem to look like trees like they've been painted like trees and the ceiling of the room looks like the sky so convincingly that you're not sure you're not outside so even though one person scouts we still all say a thing about it right yeah 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 uh the scouting just means when i present the threat you will not have to deal with it immediately um, so I think there's a uh, odor in the air that's like well-worn leather, like um, like sort of like a tack room or something like that. Hmm, what draws us to it, or how can we escape from it? I think that what draws us to it is the sort of... Um, so it, it looks like the outside, right? Yeah. Sort of the illusion or or glimpse of sunlight, I think, is what draws us to it. The fact that it's bright in here. It's not uh, It's not a dark, dank dungeon room. And actually, I would like to go ahead and try to salvage in here. Yeah. Uh, let me present the threat, and then, then we can salvage after. Oh, okay. But we can definitely do some salvaging. There are a bunch of, like, topiaries in the shape of strange beasts. Just big bushes shaped like creatures, some that look like things you might know, perhaps a horse, some strange things you haven't seen. And you hear coming from somewhere in this uh, garden humming, but you do not see them yet, and they clearly do not notice you. I don't trust that. I've never quite mastered the art of sculpting a bush so that it begins to animate it is rather impressive i would say uh so what's the deal we we didn't mention a way out of here uh is there a way out no it's just an endless <laughs> field of topiaries <laughs> maybe it is right um hmm okay so there's humming mm-hmm. there's weird topiaries yep Humming weird topiaries and a skybox. 
A skybox? A skybox. Yep. That's what I wrote in my notes. A room that looks like this guy. He's got a skybox. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I think I am intrigued by the topiaries. This is something that would be appeal- interesting and appealing to Dill. So he's going to go and get closer to these topiaries. Hmm. Yeah. What is this? Privet? Or hmm. just trying to identify the type of plant. The real question is, do they attack me? Uh, no, the plants do not Good. attack you. But as you move closer to the plants, the smell of leather and the sound of humming gets a little bit closer. Like where, Wherever they are, they're in the center of these piles of topiaries. Hmm. I really have a bad feeling about this place. <laughs> oh, it's... I well, think... We can always try the other door. Dill, why don't you just jump in the middle of the topiaries and figure mm-hmm. it out? You think so? I'm sure nothing okay. will go wrong. <laughs> ha, 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 that was a joke. <laughs> Dill's pretty intrigued by these this humming in the topiaries, so I think he is going to start rustling around in them. I'm going to need another s- yeah. swig of my I think, flask. Uh, you navigate through these topiaries, and you eventually come to what looks like a small clearing. They have their back to you, that mysterious figure who jumped in the well earlier is currently taking sheets of leather off of a workstation uh, that have things written on them in fine, fine print and wrapping them slowly around a topiary. And as you like poke your head Mm. through, you catch like the last little bit being like sewn up and they're wrapping these topiaries in this leather. And when they do, uh, the topiary uh, springs to life and just takes off into this topiary forest. And then they go back to uh, dipping a uh, pen in ink and writing something else down. Oh, Cedric, your friend's here. Uh, when when you say that uh, this close to them, they like turn to look at you and... Uh, hey, no, it's, it's okay. Take oh. off. After this topiary. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to scare you. Okay. Well, your friend was here. I think as you say that while your friend was here, that's when um, Cedric steps through the topiaries. How many times do I have to say that he is not my oh, friend? All right. Um, yeah, he was uh, putting leather on those these topiaries, and then they just came alive or something. Nope, still don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is rather odd. Looked like quite a skilled craftsperson. Is he now? Hmm. What is the point of bringing a topiary to life? I'm not sure. I'm not I sure I, I want it. to find hmm. out. Probably helpful around the place. I imagine a topiary has good work ethic. <laughs> Based on what? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you want to chase after and see if we can't capture one of these living topiaries for your research? Oh, it would be interesting to talk to one if they talk. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go see if I can catch one for you then. Guess I'm coming too then. Okay, I'll come with you. So we. Do we get to then go off in the direction of these people written or these hmm, 
things ran. Did the person who is making the um, leather topiary thing look... What did they look like again? Just like a shadowy figure? Yeah, they're, they're cloaked uh, shadowy figure with a... Uh... Why don't you describe their face, Landon? <laughs> the face that Cedric would know. They have uh, faded blue eyes and um, auburn hair mm-hmm. um, that's, like, starting to gray at the roots. Um, so their face kind of has that, like, a little bit of, like, weathered look to it, um, like crow's feet forming in the corners and stuff. This is a much older version of the picture in the portrait as if his lover never mm. passed. And continue to age. Okay. Yeah, let's go. All right. Uh, so you uh, go on a hunt through the topiary forest. Let's see if there are any rules that correspond to hunting topiaries. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> but this would be a good time uh, to scavenge if we wanted. You know what? I actually just added up my uh, my current load, and I think I better wait before I scavenge anything. <laughs> right. I need to uh, I need to lose some items first. But you do come across uh, drinking from a small stone pool in the middle of nowhere. What I'm not sure if your characters have ever seen a giraffe, but it is a giant topiary giraffe wrapped in written leather, pretending to drink. Hmm. That's somehow worse than if it was actually drinking. <laughs> also, it's somehow worse that, like, we all have probably never seen a giraffe. It's a long ah, horse. What is that giant horse? I, I think maybe I've seen one in a book because I do have, like, a sort of a researcher mm-hmm. background. A book of, like, animals from we- different places. The big book of animals that are not good for farms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to know the difference. <laughs> uh, these, hmm. Okay, here's a, here's one. Uh, is the shadow creature, uh, the robed figure, around? Okay. Uh, no, just this giraffe. How are we supposed to capture something so large? Is it actually giraffe sized? Yep. Oh, I imagined it giraffe sized. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is definitely giraffe sized. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty big, isn't it? Um, hmm, maybe we can talk to it. <laughs> uh, hello, giant horse topiary, <laughs> sir, ma'am, person. It does not seem to notice okay. you. Hmm. Well, at the very least, I can't talk to it. Hmm. Any thoughts on this, Jacqueline? Uh, I think that I don't like normal horses, so a stretched out horse is even worse. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna exit the uh, shrubbery, topiary shrubbery, and uh, move towards this thing in a, like a soothing manner, as you would like a horse you didn't know. Like, easy there, yeah. easy. That's alright, that's right. Yeah, it lifts its head once you get uh, a little closer and turns and you hear the creaking of branches and the rustling of leaves beneath its leathery hide. As it turns to you, you are face to face with 
this strange uh whatever I come up with. <laughs> I feel like we're <laughs> going like off the Delver book. <laughs> Which is cool. It's fine. Uh this is what happens when you get too many creatives in one room. Well, I'm happy with it. Okay, easy. Yeah, that's it. And he's like uh, extending his hand out, like, you know, how you do when you're like, yeah, that's right. Uh, just trying to make friends with this leather topiary giraffe. Yeah, um, so I think uh, that okay. happens. And you are now close enough to look at these uh, leather wrappings, and they seem to be telling a tale. The way they are stitched in a spiral pattern, um, the beginning of one section uh, connects uh, to the end of another, and it looks like this topiary is wrapped in a story of some kind. Hmm. Oh, there's writing on it. And I think as you, like, make that realization, it, like, stretches its head back up and just decides to walk off. Okay. Have a, and have a good day. <laughs> 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 and then he got- that wasn't like our oral oh yeah right that's for hmm i mean we're in here trying to recover a person but also memories stories and gestures vaguely at this room who knows how things work here mm. should we follow it did i have a chance to read any of the writing uh yeah <laughs> hmm what do we think it said? Give me a story that had been stolen recently that you don't remember the finer details of, but say remember the theme. Hmm. Ooh, wow. Uh, so I think it's the story of uh, a fruit peddler. Mm, it's kind of like, yeah. Okay, it's sort of like the story of a fruit peddler, but you know like the fable of mother hen i think that's what it's called mm-hmm. where it's like the chicken and she makes the bread but none of the other barn animals will help out but then they still want to eat the bread at the end <laughs> it's like that but it's a a person who wanted to be a fruit merchant but had to there wasn't really a lot of fruit in the area so they had to work really hard to go and trade with people and out had to go to different communities and establish relationships and then when they, uh, and finally they became like a successful fruit merchant and they came and shared, this is a weird, cause I feel like the, the moral of the story is different from mother hen. Cause they just like came and, um, became a fruit merchant in the town and everybody enjoyed the fruit and everybody's like, well, what's the lesson here? Hmm. Not sure, but we like fruit. <laughs> You've forgotten the lesson because it's run off with yeah, a giraffe. We did get the end part. <laughs> mm, I feel like I'm missing a detail, but mm, not sure. And he just shakes his head. Yep. So we should follow the topiary. That's what we're looking for, isn't it? <clears throat> we need to get that leather. <laughs> right? Well, <laughs> off we go then. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the group follows the leather topiary giraffe. All right. So I think as we move uh, following this giraffe, we spot other strange topiaries brought to life. Um, and I think it becomes quickly apparent that 
uh, whatever that mysterious figure was doing with your stories that they stole, uh, they have been turning them into these uh, strange story creatures. Um, I think we get, there's no real need for us to break this up mechanically. Mm. Um, and this is kind of where our story has led us. So I think, why don't we, how, how do you gather your tales again? Uh, how do you go about it? I don't want to kill these topiaries. Oh, you're going to murder the topiaries? <laughs> I, it seems like that's what we have to do. I know, I don't I want mean, to. Do you have to? There are other things you could do. You could round up the topiaries. How would we get them out of here? <laughs> I don't How know. How would we get them home? Man, that that is that is a classic conundrum of the dungeon. How do we get this all home? <laughs> oh. <laughs> cut the cut the story sections off of them. <laughs> that seems kind of gruesome. The story sections is all of them. Dude, that's all of they're all stories. I uh I don't suppose we can find like I don't know. They're so cute. I don't want mm-hmm. to destroy them. But that mm, person who was making them, I guess they had to be taking the stories from our community, from our elder. So our elder must be down here somewhere mm-hmm. still too, correct? Oh, I thought they... Perhaps that should be the first thing we deal with? I thought they were still in the world. It was yeah. just their memory. Oh, were they? That, that was oh, my was their impression. Memory? Okay, sorry. <laughs> Scratch that. Well, we could look more around in this dungeon, see if we can't find anything to record what is on the topiaries with. I mean, they Mm. seem so pleasant. I still say they're creepy. I I imagine that Cedric is, like, petting a sheep topiary while he's saying that. And Jake Lynn is like, oh, how'd that get so close to us? I didn't even see it. (laughs) Don't. Don't talk so loud. You'll scare it away. Oh, wait, wait. No, it's got to be a raccoon topiary, oh, right? Oh, God, a garbage bear. Oh, <laughs> they're trouble, though. They'll get in your corn real bad. Okay, so should we, like, maybe uh, do a scavenge for something to, like, write these stories down with, maybe? So that just requires 10 stamina. Is that right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Hmm. Should I do it, or does somebody else want to? I do not have 10 stamina to do it with. I have 10 stamina left to do it with, so I am perfectly happy to uh, salvage this up a book and quill, pen, something. Not quite sure how advanced writing utensils are in this world. Um, And we don't have to roll anything, right? It just kind of happens. Yeah. Uh, Cool. Just describe uh, what you find and how you find it. Mm. Um... I think that there's some stonework around here, kind of like how we'd seen that fountain earlier. Um, And on this sort of crumbled pedestal that used to be the base of a statue, uh, I just happened to find a uh, sort of an old journal. It's very ornately bound with like a fancy uh, cover and... uh, it enclosed inside of it is a uh, a pencil or charcoal or whatever. I don't know. I don't know old timey writing utensils. <laughs> so I I uh, say, all right, who has the best handwriting? Well, it's got to be Dilbert. That's what I was right? thinking. Uh, well, I could try, give it a try. I did. I did, my background does, is does say a nomadic scholar full of knowledge. So 
That might suggest mm-hmm. being able to, I think that Dilbert's writing is very much like, um, like a school teacher's writing, just like very simple printing, but, and he's not very fast, but it is very legible and yeah. And I think we get a nice montage set to music of you like staring at various <laughs> animals and writing down notes and like there's the part with the giraffe where we've got like you stacked on top of Cedric in order to <laughs> <laughs> trying to get them to hold still like f- following them around as they're just like doing their uh, pretend animal business some number of hours later you have a uh, written down version of your oral history oh <laughs> I feel like it would take a long time right <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it takes it takes a long time. We we just get animal after animal. <laughs> um, and there's no sign of this um, hooded figure, this shadowy creature around, hey? Nope. Hmm, okay. All right. Uh, I think we did it. Or one part, anyway. Well, I mean, does it seem like everything is there and in order? <clears throat> mm, um, as far as I know, but... The problem with not knowing, when memories are lost, you never know if you find them all. Well, do we want to check the other room before we leave? Hmm. Yeah. I couldn't hurt to peek in, <laughs> probably. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> well, let's head back that way, then. So I guess I'll carry the book of stories. My lo- load is pretty low at this point, so. Then yes, yeah, you can carry it. go. And you make your way back out of the topiary jungle, back to the stone halls of the dungeon, the room with the bird cages. And as you uh, open the door to enter this room, you hear the slamming of the door across the hall. Uh. So you're standing in the room with the bird cages, and that door just shut itself. That's not concerning at all. We don't need to go back there. Or if we do, hopefully it's not locked. (laughs) To clarify, it's the room you haven't been in yet. Oh, I see. Perhaps that's our mysterious figure. If it is, we should just seal the door shut forever. They have more memories that we need to collect. Or another way out. (sighs) Well, I did say we would go check that room. Let's go. Nod. Avoiding danger. And does everyone have the stamina to scout? Uh, I do not since I salvaged. We might need to take... Uh, right. <clears throat> I feel like it makes sense to do that while we're. Uh, I'm definitely gonna reflect. Or uh, sorry, rest. <laughs> uh, let's see. Get my health back up. Um, I mean, I feel like like maybe connect. I don't really feel like I need to necessarily do any of the other things. So maybe I'm going to annoy Dill, since Dill and I had some... Or Jaclyn. Or annoy both. Can I just annoy both at the same time? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So, while we have a moment, I need to speak about this Mm. thing that we are following. Mm, Good idea. (laughs) I have not always been a lonely man. But the one that I loved, I have since lost the memory of his name but his face and um cedric like holds on to the locket around his neck his face i will never forget and that creature has stolen his face 
That is truly horrible. Uh, I'm sorry, Cedric. And uh, Jaclyn offers a swig from their flask. Yeah, Cedric's gonna take that. It is very <laughs> strong. Uh, uh, oh no, the names of every liquor that I drink have suddenly flown out of my head. Bourbon. It's very strong bourbon. <laughs> if the opportunity presents itself, I am locking that thing down here forever. I will help you. I why lock it up? We could run it through. I I can't be the one to do that. But I won't stop someone else. Mm, yes, that's understandable. If we've maybe one of it will fit in one of those bird cages. Do we still hear <laughs> birds in the bird cage room? Yeah. Can I, can we see any birds? You do not see any birds. <clears throat> maybe they're just up really high. Mm. Up in the shadows somewhere. Maybe, maybe. Well, I think we'll do everything we can to help you overcome this, Absolutely. whatever this creature is. Thank you. Um, I think Dill takes a flower off of. He also has like one of the items I have is a magic ring, but I think it's like uh, actually a flower garland that he wears around his neck, dried flowers. So he takes one off and just gives it to Cedric. Here. Yeah. So it's just like a dried flower. <laughs> he weaves it into his beard. <laughs> nice. Oh, Where else sure. are you supposed to put it? <laughs> I think if since it's from a magic one, it just like stays wherever you put it. Well, he puts it into yeah, his beard. Good. All right. I was gonna do connect as well, and that's probably what I was gonna ask. So, um, I think that I'll you know, like turn to Jacqueline. I'm like, hmm. Well, what is your struggle, Jacqueline? I, you seem to be a very competent uh, warrior. Oh, well, you know, years of fencing will do that. Um, I just, well, uh, let's say, you know, you know how there's that, that big castle on the hill where all the rich snobs live? Hmm, yes. I used to live up there, too. Oh. Uh, they kicked me out. Because I wanted to, uh, I wanted to make things a little more equal between the nobility and everyone else. And it turns out that when people have power, they don't like to give that up. Mm. In fact, it turns out that you know sometimes your friends will lie to you and set up a meeting, and when you go there, the entirety of the guard is there, and they very briskly escort you out. And as they're saying this, like, you can see the, the grip on their rapier is getting tighter and tighter and their hand is starting to shake a little bit. It seems to me like maybe they weren't really very good friends. No, no, they weren't. And uh, I think just sort of in frustration, uh, Jake Lynn kind of whirls around and sort of smashes their their sword against one of the bird cages. <clears throat> Excuse me, that was uh, a little unseemly of me. No, let it out, my friend. I will endeavor to be a true friend to you if that is what you wish. Dungeons are the best place to just let it all out. Yeah, you can just break stuff sometimes. That's what I heard. Yes, I think uh, <laughs> I think uh, I'll just save it for when I find a face that I'd like to break. Speaking of, shall we carry yes, on? Yes, let's do that. Onwards and forwards. And inwards and outwards. And upwards and downwards. Is anyone avoiding danger? Yeah, I think I will avoid danger. Um, it is an interesting feature that this room has. Um, 
say that uh, this room is lit from below, uh, and there, there's sort of a, a hole in the floor where there's this pool of water, and there's light coming up through the bottom. So the light is very like shimmery and dancey through the water. So wait, so it's a bunch of pools with light. I think my brain just blanked out on me for a moment. I was thinking like one big central pool of water okay. and uh, there's something that's causing light to come up through there. And so, you know, it's like when you shine a light through water, the uh, lightning in here is always shifting and moving. Um, I think that just as you can peer down into the pool, you can see below uh, there's a little uh, dock down there with a little rowboat set up and a tunnel leading off uh, still like in the water. Um, so that would be potentially how we can escape from this place. But something about the water just smells like weirdly stagnant. Even though we can see that there's kind of movement with this light, it just has that smell of something that hasn't moved in a long time, even though it should have. Hmm. And that's when a big old leather-bound whale comes breaching out of the water and causes a giant splash before disappearing back down Whoa. below. Ah. Oh, that's cold. Yeah, sort of refreshing, though, really. But, ooh, this water doesn't smell good. No. No, it doesn't. not in the slightest. How do we get the story from underwater <laughs> you tell says this very slowly like puzzling it through his head well that one we mm. might need to kill then hmm well do we want to try to attack it or do we want to see where the boat I leads? don't know how we can attack it um, while it's underwater holds up spear have you ever heard of spear fishing? I, I think you're only going to get the one shot, though. <laughs> Pretty big. I don't know. Maybe we should take the boat. I wonder if we can... The other ones were pretty friendly. Perhaps we can sit in the boat and get it to come to the surface for us. I guess it's worth a try. Okay. Right. I guess we'll go down to the boat. I think hmm, there's probably like... I think there are several probably small okay. boats, little rowboats. You could all squeeze onto one if you wanted. Um, so I would like everyone to roll a d6. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me if you get evens or odds. Odd. Odds. Odd. All odds? Oh, boy. Uh -oh. <laughs> uh, so we get the above view as you row out into this basically small lake and the light from below uh grows a shade dark and darker still until this massive whale uh emerges and swallows the boat hole ah and you go tumbling down into the dark into the water uh into the whale ah <laughs> ah <laughs> <laughs> Well, now we can spearfish it from inside. Yep. <laughs> or are we about to, uh... You, you... There was a story about this. You land somewhere dry. Well, wet, wet, but dry <laughs> enough. Uh, and completely dark. Oh. Hmm. I wonder if you can read the story from the inside. Hmm. We need some light, though. Um, not with 
Yeah. I think, uh, well, look, this thing's just, just made of leaves and twigs, right? Be hard to cut our ways, way out of it. Yeah, it smells, um, smells of seaweed. Are you just gonna start swinging around in the dark? Hmm, uh, I would like to make sure I'm not hitting my companions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't have any kind of light source, though. At which point, uh, a small light appears somewhere deep in the whale. Oh. Oh. It looks like candlelight. Um, hmm. Well, uh, I'm going to approach it, whatever this light is. And as you approach the back, uh, the, uh rib-like protrusions uh, slowly turn to wood and the seaweed gives way to moss and stone until you're walking down a hallway. At the end of this hallway is uh, a dark figure holding a candle. Hello there. Have you been down here long? And they step to the left and disappear around the corner. Oh. I think that's the... Okay thing we're after is that our well we should probably give chase then i'll try to feel my way around the corner there yeah you can still see the glimmer of light and as you give chase around the corner you see the figure sitting on a well and falls backwards into it and then you realize there's light behind Mm -hmm. you and as you turn around you see the exit to the dungeon oh oh this is the strangest oh. whale I've ever been inside. Wait, you've been inside whales before? Like other whales? In my dreams. Well, I suppose this is the way out then. Um. I mean, do we think that we got everything? It would have been good if we had a uh, sort of a checklist of of stories <laughs> we needed to recover. <laughs> Again, that's the problem with lost stories. You don't know how many there are. Right. Yeah. Because if we did, they wouldn't mm. be lost, I guess. I, I think, narratively, the the fun way to end this story is you know you didn't get everything. Yeah. Something tells you there's more down there that, as long as that figure is still free to roam, there is more down there that you have not collected. But do you want to go back in? Is the closing scene tonight jumping back down the well or leaving the well behind? Um... I think Jacqueline looks to Cedric. Mm. I'll find him again. We should take what we have back to the town. Works for me. Not crazy about this place, mm. anyway. I think you see Dill, like, standing by the pool, sort of looking down into it. Uh, fairly reluctant to leave uh, without getting all the stories. But, no, it's... Mm-hmm. Yes, Perhaps another time. Perhaps this is a story we can get another time. The intro and outro music for all IPM episodes is composed by Benny James. Our graphic art and logo are by Matthias Grelly. You can support International Podcast Month by sharing and talking about the event, and you can even buy our team members a coffee. 
Links are in the show notes. Follow us at PodMonth on Twitter and use the hashtag PodMonth2020. Head on over to internationalpodcastmonth.com for the month-long blog and for more information about the event. International Podcast Month, celebrating creators, sharing listeners. Thank you.